Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Slasher Supreme. I am your host Christopher. Today we have a jam-packed episode. It's two movies. Yes, one is an extreme horror film, so that's going to be fun to talk about. And the other one is a decent horror movie. Both are found footage though, so we're going to stick with that theme for this episode. So that's exciting because I don't think I've really done found footage on, well, one. Anyways, let's get into the reviews and let's start off with the extreme one and get that one out of the way. Poughkeepsie Tapes from 2007, which actually wasn't released almost until 2017 because they could not find a distributor. Luckily, Scream Factory distributed this film in, I think, 2017. The film was directed by John Eric Dole. The plot of the film is that police raid a house in Poughkeepsie, New York, where they uncover 2,400 hours worth of footage filmed by the Water Street Butcher. This film is shot in a pseudo-documentary style. Think of pretty much a Netflix documentary. We will meet detectives and FBI agents who worked on the Water Street Butcher case, along with survivors of the Butcher's attacks. Now, like I do with every single extreme horror film that I review, we will be touching on very certain subject matter. And if you are easily triggered or do not want to hear some of this stuff, Go ahead and skip to the next segment where we will be talking about the film The Last Broadcast. But before you decide to skip, here is what the here's pretty much what we will be talking about as we do view the Butcher's tapes. We th- we will be dealing with themes of sexual assault, murder, body dismemberment, and kidnapping, as that is on the tapes themselves. This was a hard movie to watch in some parts, and some of it has been burned into my mind. It's pretty haunting. Uh, what What is shown in this film? It was very hard to watch. Especially with the presentation, it seems like a real incident on how, like, to a T they have this. It, it's all fake, just letting you know, but still, it's some hard subject matter to deal with. So... Uh, I'll give you a few seconds if you want to stay stay if you want to go to the last broadcast I completely understand so on the count of three one two three all right you still here all right well I'm going to go over the positives the negatives and my general thoughts along with kind of diving into the tapes themselves Mm. so the positives that I have for this film is that the intro to the Poughkeepsie tapes is incredible. We have aerial shots of what you can assume is Poughkeepsie, New York, and it is set to this eerie, crying chant with almost like a prayer thrown in there. And it really adds this foreboding mood that we are about to watch something that will shake you to your core. 
and it does. <laughs> it's just, ugh. it's excellent how, pretty much how it runs. You just feel it creep in, and it just, it kind of gives you this weird chill in the back of your neck. It's an, it's amazing. It's an amazing intro, and props to them for that. It got me right off the bat where I already knew I was in for a wild ride. The next positive is the build-up to these tapes. We aren't showing the tapes right off the bat. That's saved more for the second act. We do get some hints here and there of just some of the weird stuff that he's taped like a woman sitting on a balloon. Apparently that was one of our serial killer's fetishes. Um, he is the Water Street Butcher, but there also is a name for him, Ed. They believe that's what his name is. So yes, well, I'll call him Ed to the rest of this uh, review to make it a little bit easier. The buildup is amazing. Like I said, we do interview an FBI agent who had to sit and watch every single videotape. And he looks just destroyed. He talks about how his, he took some tapes home to watch, well, you know, just kind of to comb through a little bit faster. And his wife actually watched some of the tapes with him. And he said she wouldn't let me touch her for a year. And I don't blame her because how Ed abused these women, it, we both felt sick. It really builds it up as it just destroyed this man's life just watching these tapes. And makes you afraid of what you're going to watch. And, ooh, ooh. Oh, I'm starting to think about it again. Anyways, so that's another amazing part to this is the build up. And the last positive is the overall presentation to this documentary it is almost to a t like uh, making the murderer kind of if you didn't know this was a fake documentary you would almost believe it's real that's how like like on the spot they got it with the style and presentation it's it's spot on really so that's my last positives positives for the film um yeah pretty much though all presentation is excellent and the intro is just it 10 out of 10 on the intro I haven't had like an opening to movie hook me in a long time. So the negatives with the film is that some of the actors are just off. A good example is we happen to meet a uh, specialist who, a medical specialist who talks about dismemberment, and he like tries to crack jokes after we just had to hear about what happened to one of Ed's victims, and he's making like a lot of the situation, and it just comes across as off. I don't know if it like the director told him to act that way. Or if the actor didn't know what to do, it just, it didn't seem right. And it didn't fit, if you know what I'm, you know, this is like the, it's always, in the Netflix documentaries, there's always that one person that doesn't seem like they belong on camera. This is the guy that doesn't seem like he belongs on camera. He just doesn't fit the tone that they're going with this. Um, another negative, of course, is the tape quality themselves. Uh, they have a bunch of static effects. And things like that kind of going on, which is kind of a cliche in the found footage genre when they, you know, are kind of tight on a budget or don't want to show something too graphic to leave it to your mind. You know, they blur the image out or throw some static on there. It's it's just annoying. That's one thing I hate about found footage films, and that does kind of um, happen in this film quite a bit, and it distracts. And actually, it kind of gave me a headache at one point. It they really just throw everything in the kitchen sink at like this one clip and yeah it gave me a headache so that's something to watch out for um you know when viewing this film is you might get a headache as well 
So the general thoughts of this film and kind of like uh, and things. I am going to talk about Ed. Um, he is pretty much based off Ted Bundy and the Zodiac Killer. The Ted Bundy influences is mainly how charming and is pretty much how charming is, and he's able to gain people's trust. Um, a good example is one of his victims is a couple. Well, two of his victims, they're a couple. Um, his car is broke down on the side of the road, and they happen to pull up to him. And of course, we're viewing the tapes, so we are course to see what Ed Tap, you know, did. And they're like, "So what's what's wrong?" He's like, "Oh, my car broke down. You know, I'm gonna go see my family. Can I bum a lift?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure." And they're like, "Why are you videotaping?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm just shooting a home movie for my family." It, so he always has like this lie, or just a thing that immediately catches somebody's attention and they're just like yeah sure whatever like it just clicks so he's very charming and he's just able to like woo people um one that is really haunting is a woman's car broke down and apparently he has stolen a police car at some point he picks this woman up and she's like oh thank you officer he's like yeah doesn't say anything else like that he doesn't say like oh yeah thanks ma'am you know that's yeah, doing my job he then drives away and the camera's on her face and he goes so why'd you call me an officer and she said well you're in the uniform he's like so that doesn't mean i'm an officer i could be a guy who uh stole a uniform and you just see in her face how she went to be like trusting of this man to downright horrified in the matter of a second and it is bone chilling how horrifying that is but yes he does have a very uh ted bundy uh person uh, pretty much personality the zodiac influence comes in as he actually fucks with the detectives yes um the couple i just talked about it was in the documentary they talk about how they tried to figure out where at this point did this couple go missing in like a 150 mile radius from like pencil uh I think it was like Pittsburgh to Poughkeepsie and then they narrowed it down to like all these gas stations in like a 35 mile radius I think they said they met, met, narrowed it from 150 to 35 miles and on one of these gas stations is Ed and they're like yeah that's him and he's covering his face and he is signing to in the camera and they're like yeah he signed to us where he was going to dump the bodies at before he even killed anybody he was fucking with us because he already planned on killing somebody or killing people. He wanted us to find the bodies. Um, another instance is he... There's a red herring in the film at one point where they think they actually have Ed. They don't. And they sentence a innocent man to death. They think the murders are over until a detective gets home and <laughs> looks in his mailbox to find a map written by Ed that says, Haha, you missed one. And on the map, there's an X where they happen to find another dead body. Where he, yet again, is screwing with the detectives. Not only that, a victim, which we will talk about because it is a, one of his obsessions. The victim's mom. He goes to their house right after he has abducted their daughter and mocks them and they don't realize it at first until later on. It is <laughs> just 
how it's portrayed in the film um, because we do catch like the video like the videotape because he's of course holding it and the mom's like wait a minute you look familiar and then you see her realize that she just breaks out in tears and then she tries to chase after him and he laughs and runs away so yes it's he has a, it's the very zodiac where he's leaving messages and basically fucking with everybody and getting away with it because he knows he knows he knows he can um the last thing general wise i want to talk about is this film has the trying to figure out the word to say it it portrays stockholm syndrome in such a horrific way that i have never seen portrayed in any other film and that is with his obsession i was and i just mentioned the mom um the mom the daughter cheryl dempsey is a 19 year old girl that ed is fascinated with and he kidnaps he mentally physically and sexually assaults her he forces her to call him master and says that she's nothing but a slave and she has to refer to herself as a slave she also has to wear she has to wear a plastic mask and clothes picked out by ed in the tapes that we do see of her which there's quite a bit um she remains tied up for a majority of the time she's actually also forced to kill people the one of the more graphic scenes is she has ed tells her to tie up a woman and she ties her she ties that woman up but she does it just loose enough to where the woman could possibly escape ed notices it and he says well you felt bad for the thing so kill it and we have to watch up close as Cheryl is forced to slit this woman's throat. And it is extremely gra- graphic, and Cheryl is crying, and it it's just a horrifying scene altogether, and you just feel absolutely disgusted. It it, it makes you feel gross, honestly. I want to talk about the ending to, toward the, well, pretty much not the ending, but it's close to the ending of this film with Cheryl as well. Um, when the police raid this house, they find Cheryl alive. She's in a coffin buried underneath the house. We find out that she has had teeth pulled with pliers. She's had bones broken and then not allowed to heal correctly. So they've splintered and are poking through her skin. And, uh, She's actually had to have her left arm removed because of the damage Ed did to her. We then do get a meeting with her, and this is where the Stockholm Syndrome pretty much comes into effect, is they ask Cheryl, they're like, so how was it? And she's like, well, what do you want to know? She's like, how was being held captive by Ed? You were, you know, how was, how was being held captive by the Water Street Butcher. And she goes, I don't know what you want me to say. And they're like, well, tell us, you know, how to feel. She's like, no, I don't, what do you want me to say? I don't know what you want me to say. Tell me what you want me to say. And it's because she's broken down at this point to where all she knows, she's only knowing, you know, she's been told what to do for so long. That's all she can do. She can't answer for herself, and it's horrifying. And then they're like, you know, he did all these horrible things to you. And she's like, no, he didn't. He loved me. They're like, he broke your bones and pulled your teeth out with pliers. And she's like, yeah, I know. 
He did that because he loved me. And he'll come back for me because I'm a special girl. And he loves me and he didn't do he didn't do anything wrong. He cared about me. And it's just horrifying. And, and then you see her arm whipped up and it's just gone. And it's simply because of what Ed has done to her and how they portray I mean, I'm not doing it. I'm not just doing a good enough job of explaining it, but it's something you have to see. It's it's just very saddening to see that and to know that that is actually how some people take it when they're held captive for that long as they actually start to romanticize about their captor. You know. So yeah, that's one of the most horrifying portrayals of of horrifying and saddening portrayals of Stockholm Syndrome in a film that I've ever seen is just all the horrible things this man had done to her and she's like, no, he loves me. He did it because he loves me. So, now that I've talked all about that, the positives and negatives, pretty much the general personality of Ed himself and then his obsession, Cheryl Dempsey. What about the tapes? I know you're wondering these. I know you're wondering this because I've built up the tapes just like this movie has built up the tapes. In this... In the tapes, we happen to see, um, of course, like the vic- the couple I talked about. So let me do tape by tape by tape by tape, because we do get different ones. The first one, which we are shown through an FBI like course, uh, you know, it's being used to show students so they can learn from it, is Ed's first victim is an eight-year-old girl. We watched the videotape of him driving, stopping, and then pretty much just a shot where he lifts up the camera and just stares at this little girl who's outside by herself. You know, her parents are inside doing something, you know, cleaning or something. And she's out there by herself, nobody, no supervision. And he just walks up and walks up, he gets out of the car and walks up to her. And he's like, well, you're a pretty little girl. And she's like, no. Oh, no, don't talk to me. I'm not allowed to talk to strangers. He's like, oh, that's really no, that's that's good. You know, your parent, your parents taught you well. She's like, mm. you can see, you can see in her face, she's kind of nervous and doesn't really want to have this man this close to her. And then he says, hey, you want to see in my camera? Because of course he's videotaping this. And she says, uh, no, not really. And then we happen to see the camera flip, and then he beats her with it. Of course, we don't see the violent act taken, you know, taking place. We just hear the impacts of the camera, and then we see him pick her up and then run off with her to her unconscious body to his car, and then they drive off. We then find out from the uh, teacher of the course that she was then murdered or found dead two weeks later, and he's like, and this is, and in the film he's talking about it and he's like yeah this is the first kill and he doesn't even know what he's doing yet and then we get into the Ted Bundy uh, personality where his next victims are that couple who he pretty much uh, befriends and then kill and he does it in a horrifying way where he sexually assaults we don't see it in tape um, but we find out the aftermath is that he sexually assaulted the woman cut her stomach open, cut her husband's head off, and then placed his head in her stomach and then set her on fire and threw their corpse in the middle of the woods. Yeah. We do see body mutilation. Of course, it's not... 
we don't see like body parts cut up we just see an angle of him slicing in of course into body parts but we don't see like the actual torso and anything like that um but we do see the burnt corpse with the head in the stomach and that is nightmare fuel it is horrifying um the next tape that we do see i believe is of course the one with the woman in the police car after that it is just more videotapes of him killing various women in horrifying fashion and some men as well the creepiest out of all of the tapes is there's a woman who is duct taped to a post and her mouth is duct taped and it's only her eyes and she's only able to look left and, you know she's only able to look so far left well we see what's behind her and it is ed who is in a black morph suit with a plague doctor mask on his face and then a mask on the top of his head and he is spider walking towards her slowly and it is so disturbing and creepy the entire time i just had this cold chill it is just it's creepy there's no sound or anything to it too it's just this slow fluid movement of him just walking up to her all spider crawling up to her it is ugh. just thinking about it just gives me a cold chill it's just so disturbing so my general thought well so now that's my general thoughts with this film I have to say um, there is one thing with the Poughkeepsie tapes is it makes you think um, of course this is fictional you know, uh, there are just some fucked up people out in the world honestly I mean that's what this movie sets out to make you know pretty much bury into your head is that there's just messed up people out there in the world who just do evil acts for the sake of it not to really uh going to too much but it's kind of like in the uh dark knight rises where or dark knight where uh alfred is like some people just want to watch the world burn that is basically the that's basically this movie is that there's just some people who just want to cause chaos and that's ed in this film it is horrifying some of the shit he does and having to view it in this film i will it's been about three weeks now and it's been stuck in my head ever since some of the uh, scenes in this movie. Would I recommend this? I would say yes. Um, simply because of the presentation itself. It's a very interesting uh, film. I mean, besides all the horrifying but, you know, parts to it, it's very interesting. Um, if you like the serial killer documentaries and things like that, you might like this film. Of course, I know serial killer documentaries don't go into the more, you know, they don't go into the brutality. They just kind of show you the aftermath. Where in this film, you see um, the kills take place and the lead, you know, the lead ups of the kills and things like that. Where in normal serial killer documentaries, they're like, "Yep, this body was found," you know, at this time. So, and um, it's very interesting. So, yes, if you like serial killer documentaries, I think you would like this film. So, I would recommend it to those of you that like that kind of stuff. If you don't, I highly say to stay away from it. Just don't even don't know, don't even watch this movie if you don't have a fascination with serial killers. That's really all I have to say about this film. Um, it's not uh, like Cannibal Holocaust or Cannibal Ferox, where you know Cannibal Holocaust was the first 
found footage film where you have to watch that if you're you know huge into film or huge into horror movies because it is the first found footage this just gives an interesting take onto it so with all that being said that was the poughkeepsie tapes meet me over and we'll talk about the last broadcast see you there broadcast from 1998 was directed by Stefan Evoir. I'm pretty sure I butchered that last name, but you guys know I suck with names. So, anyways. The plot is a cable access TV show fact or fiction goes on a hunt for the Jersey Devil in the Pine Barrens. Four men enter the Pine Barrens. Only one leaves. That crew member is then bought in for questioning and becomes the prime suspect in the disappearances. We, however... We view the footage that was taken that night and come to our own conclusion. Did he kill the crew members? Or did the Jersey Devil have a hand in it? That is the plot for the last broadcast. Now the same with the Poughkeepsie Tapes. This is a found footage, kind of pseudo-documentary style film. Which, of course, we'll go through the positives and the negatives and then my general thought on the entire film as a whole. So, the positive is that the build-up is amazing. It's a very slow burn style film. It takes a little bit before it starts really getting into the meat of, you know, this investigation. The descriptions of the murders themselves are amazing. <laughs> it gives a really eerie feeling as the murder, how they talk about these murders, it almost seems supernatural, but at the same time, there's just enough evidence to possibly damn this man and how they're like the body was cut up in these ways it almost seems like an animal could do it from how vicious they are and the person had to be ambidextrous because it looks like it was slashes from left and right but our uh, main suspect is ambidextrous I'm pretty sure it's fucked up on how to say that but this is very interesting because it's like they, how they describe the killings is it almost seems supernatural and almost seems like an animal could have done it but then they happen to throw just that little bit of evidence and you know at our uh, main suspect to really maybe make you think that he did it another um, positive is that the acting in this film is uh, very well uh, the crew of, of Factor Fiction are kind of goofy which yet again it kind of adds to that layer of realism where you know this feels like it could happen it's basically four guys who just love goofing off and making a show and it really um hits that in certain um scenes you really get like this camaraderie and you feel like these guys have known each other forever even though you know they probably only know each other for the length of shooting this movie but it feels like they've known each other for longer and you kind of feel um attached to the characters and it really helps sell it again another positive is it leaves a lot to the uh, imagination like I said, in how they talked about the killings, of how they seemed animalistic, but also, you know, like a precision person could have done this, and things like that. They never find a murder weapon, so it makes you wonder, and it starts to play with your mind, of what the hell could this man have done to kill these people and mangle their bodies, you know, in that way, if they haven't found a weapon, you know, that could do such a thing, or how could a man, you know, break bone in that way? Or it seems like an animal could have done it. So it leaves a lot to the imagination of, if this man did it, how the fuck did he do it? Or if it wasn't him, what did the Jersey Devil do and how did he do it? 
So it is excellent at playing with your mind and having, you know, kind of getting your wheels turning in your head, just trying to figure out what's going on here. And that's pretty much the ending with the positives. The negatives are pretty bad, um, all in all. Um, we have a narrator throughout this entire uh, movie, and he is monotone as hell. He just doesn't sound interested in this film at all, and it kind of kills the mood sometimes. We're getting to really fascinating bits in regards to, you know, we kind of get into the meteor sections later on about them finding clothes at our main suspect's house that are covered in blood. But at the same time, uh, how should I put it? They find blood on his clothes, but he didn't have the clothes in his bag. Like He hadn't had those clothes on the trip at all, so how the hell did they end up at his house with all three, you know, all three murder victims' blood on his clothes? It's really interesting. You're wondering, maybe there was a supernatural element, and our narrator's like, yes, the clothes were found there, but how? It's just like, come on, man, like, at least have, you know, give some, like, suspicion to, you know, throw some, like, intrigue in your voice, not just be all monotone about it and act like you don't give a damn about the, you know, material. And a big one is the ending kind of sucks. This movie has a lot of build-up. A lot of tension. And the payoff is pretty shit. I'm not going to give it away because it would almost make you not want to watch this movie. And I highly recommend this movie. It's really good. It's just that ending kills it. It butchers it, basically. Um, that's really my only two negatives with the film. Uh, it's just the monotone narrator that we have and the ending. The positives definitely outweigh the negatives. This is a movie that um, actually came around around the time of Blair Witch. And I believe if the ending was a little bit better, it could almost actually have been bigger than Blair Witch. Or at least, you know, been on the same standing. Yeah, I know Blair Witch pretty much killed it with marketing and then everybody says that the movie is so amazing and I think it's kind of boring but you know that's just my personal taste I actually like the last broadcast a lot more than I like the Blair Witch maybe because it's based off an actual folklore where the Blair Witch is made up I don't know but that's my personal opinion is I actually like the last broadcast it's just more interesting to the Jersey Devil that just sounds you know if you don't know anything about it, go look it up. It's very, it's a really interesting folklore. Whereas the Blair Witch is just like a witch that kills kids and then she just kind of haunts the forest. Kind of lame. Versus a goat, bat, demon thing that was in the Pine Barrens. It just sounds a lot cooler. Um, but yes, I highly recommend uh, the last broadcast over Blair Witch. Well, not. Um, I'm not comparing, but yeah, I highly recommend that, um, the last broadcast. If you're looking for something a little bit different, found footage-wise, now, of course, we're gonna get into it. It does have the cliches of found footage films, like I did bring in the Poughkeepsie tapes. They throw static effects and things like that to kind of, um, you know, make it harder to see in certain spots and just kind of keep that mystery going or... You know, somebody will throw the camera down and wander off, and you're like, what the fuck's going on? Like, take the camera with you so we can see more, or something just out of shot just enough, or, you know, if the camera was, wasn't was having a fit, we could see it. It's just shit like that. 
that irritates you, but you kind of, you kind of have to let it pass because this was kind of when found footage was coming in, you know, like Blair Witch did it too, so you kind of have to give it a pass, but it's still annoying cliche bullshit that happens in the found footage genre. That's just, you know, a thing that's always going to happen with found footage. It's never going to change. Anyways, yes, so the last broadcast, if I had 1 out of 10, I would give it a solid 8. I would highly recommend it. I think it is free on Amazon Prime if you're interested in watching it. Um, It's actually not that scary, I guess. It It has horror elements, but it is a very interesting, slow burn kind of drama with horror elements. So yes, definitely check that out. And I will... And kind of meet me over in the outro so we can close out the show. I'll see you guys there. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of Slasher Supreme. Please like, share, favorite, subscribe, thumbs up, or whatever you have to do to let me know you're listening. If there's a certain video game or movie that you would like me to review, please leave me a voice message here on Anchor, a message on the Facebook page, or a message on the Instagram page. If you do not follow me on Facebook or Instagram, just look up Slash Supreme Podcast and you will find me to stay up to date with everything going on with the show. Yeah. Anyways, so, again, no fun fact, as these movies are more modern, I guess you could say. I know the last broadcast came out in the 90s, but still, it's a little bit more modern. I need to do the movies where I can actually have fun facts, because I miss doing that. Um, I will give you a hint for the next episode. It will be a lot lighter. I know this one dealt with an extreme horror movie, so yes, the next one I promise will be a lot lighter, and it will also be a double feature as well, because I'm bored during quarantine. So, you know, we could talk about that stuff. We could talk about two fun horror movies that I'm excited to talk about, because they're just totally batshit insane. So, yes, next episode is a double feature. It'll be fun. Anyways, I hope you guys stay safe, and I will see you all on another episode of Slasher Supreme.